Welcome to the Crossways Podcast, a podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. I'm your host, Jonathan Germany, and with me is my great friend, Joshua Fowler. This podcast is a podcast part of the Ministry League Network of Podcasts and brought to you by Holly Hill Church of Christ and Goodwood Church of Christ. We're glad you're here. Man, what's going on, Josh? Living the dream, baby. Living, Living the dream. The dream. That's right. <laughs> I finally fixed our intro, you know, with my voice peaking and all sorts of stuff. And, the, you know, only on one earbud, I was like, I got to fix this. So uh, this afternoon, this morning, I said this afternoon, this morning, I said, I'll just record this. It's not that hard. But, man, we're so glad you're here. If you're watching, we're talking about, oh, man. Something that I really love talking about, and Josh, I know you do too. Storytelling. I That's love right. story. I absolutely love good stories. What do you love about a story, Jonathan? Oh man. Story can move you, story can make you laugh, story can make you feel better. You know, one of our favorite things, I say favorite things, my wife's one of my wife's favorite things. I enjoy it. But she she really liked it. Is is this is us, and this is us tells a fabulous story. But I explain it this way: if you want to have your emotions manipulated, uh, watch this is us because every episode I end the episode saying, "Wow, that was moving," or "Wow, that was fantastic." It's it's good writing. It's, you know, I honestly I like the earlier seasons better. Uh, I think the show writer uh, is no longer with us, and I, I think that show writer had a little bit better uh, story arc. That's missed me personally, but I just like the way stories can move you or motivate you to do something, to change something, to think a certain way. It's just a powerful way of communication. Oh, Jenna, what's up? Story, um... This is us. This is us. Yes. Yeah, so my wife quit watching This Is Us with me because she says, I don't want to cry. So I'm out. <laughs> and I think there was um, maybe like one season where it kind of had a, a little bit of a lull, but it seems like it's picked back up. And it's really it has it is such a such a solid, solid part of they tell stories really well and the way they go from present to the past and then even give you glimpses of the future um, really keeps you really on point with the way they tell that story. It's pretty, pretty powerful. Absolutely. Um, do you have a favorite place where you enjoy telling stories or listening to stories? Oh man. See, I was thinking about this question before we got on and I was like, man, one of my immediate thoughts was at a youth minister retreat, and I'll be going there again uh, Monday through Wednesday. And we had a time where I don't know if it was intentional. This year I see it's actually on the schedule because it was such a big hit. But after, like during one of the in-between periods of a few sessions, we were just sitting around, and a guy gets up and goes, okay, story time about my experiences in youth ministry. And just starts like telling random stories that were just – 
so random and so ridiculous. I was going, I don't believe half this stuff. But I know it happened because I know this guy. And I, he's trustworthy. And just enjoying the storytelling just around a room with friends, enjoying a good time. I love that. But then also, storytelling isn't just a few people telling a story or sharing things that happen in their life. A book is a good story. Whether, you know, so books are good stories to tell, whether it's you're curled up on a couch, you're by the fireplace, you're outside, you're at the park, you're in your office. Television has stories. But for me, I think it just comes down together with just being in a room with friends, sharing with one another. That's my favorite setting. Uh, do you have a favorite setting? Um, I guess the more I think about it, mine might be a little morbid. Because... Oh. My favorite place to listen to stories is when I'm preparing for um, a funeral, uh, particularly for a funeral uh, for a family or a person that I don't know very well. Maybe I know the family, but I don't know the person that's passed. Um, but when you're getting ready to do that, that funeral service, to sit down in that moment, uh, because, you know, people are emotionally raw, and so... Um, there's no, there's no really holding back. And also the person that they're talking about has moved on from this world. And so they're not concerned necessarily about their image or whether or not they'll be offended by all of the realness that comes out with the personalities and the quirks. Um, and all the things that, that maybe used to annoy us now come out again as these um, quirks that we find such affinity in because we remember what all it came with and to sit and to listen to families tell those stories you can come to where you almost know someone as if you lived with them as you hear them going back and forth and telling them um, learn so much about about a family and about people um, in that setting and some of some of it is the emotion of it some of it is um, we're just they're just tired because they've been through so much and then they sit and reflect over the years that have gone and begin telling stories. And it's so interesting to see how one story builds on another and reminds them of other things that come out. And then somehow you've got to take this and whittle it down into a 10 to 15 minute recount of this person's life story. And, uh, oh, yeah. It's just a, it's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful glimpse into a life when people begin to tell those kinds of stories. And so... Um, it's one of the really, really uplifting things about being with a family during a time of, of loss and of mourning. But uh, we love, always love said, to tell stories. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I've always said as a minister, and I've done both, so I can say this too. I'm, And I never understood it until I did both. I would much prefer to do a funeral than a wedding every day of the week. And uh, not not do, I don't want to do a funeral every day of the week, but but every day I would make that decision that oh yeah I would prefer this because with a funeral you get to share those stories you get to recount stories and celebrate the life of someone wonderful in a wedding you make one mistake and you've ruined the best day ever and it's all your fault and uh, so I would I, I would much prefer to be able to to share stories where people are just happy you're there with them. And uh, and I think that's what Aaron's getting at too. You know, when he says, I'm a big fan of telling stories because they connect you or anyone to the moment. 
right? Of or because that's what storytelling, good storytelling does, is it connects you and someone else to a moment or to the moment, to the present moment, and that's why they can be so moving. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about, uh, you know, connection. Talking about connecting, uh, we we are people of story, right? I mean, how does yeah. Scripture begin? Once upon a time. Yeah. Um, it uses in the beginning, but ultimately it's the same, right? Fairy tales always start once upon a time or long, long ago in a galaxy far, far away. We always have these, these moments that take us back to a time. And so you have this once upon a time. You also have this happily ever after or what transpires in the end. Um, and I'm, I'm looking over here, maybe skipping over part of this. We can go to, to elements of, of a good story and then come back to talking about the before and after. I think it's a pretty good you know, transition. But you have these elements that make up a good story. Uh, you have a beginning and you have an end. Uh, and, and in the middle, there are so many things that transpire um, that make a good story, that create those connections. Any particular ones kind of stand out to you as being prominent at least in your mind for a good story uh, yeah in the middle you you have to have that tension i think now that's not in every some stories there are no tension you're just celebrating oh man this is wonderful and you build up to something great or something you know to get to the end that middle part of the story to me is the most important because without the middle if i just say okay once upon the time the end okay well okay what do you mean or once upon a time there was a boy and then he died Okay, well, that doesn't tell me what his story is all about. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. So for me, Lord of the Rings. I for, I'm obviously I'm a little biased. I love the Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Um, I do known. go by the nickname Frodo. I and yes, Aaron, I embrace that nickname. We can go into why later. But I love the story because it was written so well. And then the movies did such a good job, mainly because they filmed all three at the same time. Because that's they didn't wait years and years and years and get in trouble. But you have the beginning, and you have what's this story all about at the beginning? Kind of the introduction to the characters. But what I like most is seeing the growth through a story. Seeing the character development where someone had a problem, and in the middle, they got to a point when they had to make a decision. How am I going to react to this problem? Am I going to go, you know, they're at a crossroads. Because life's all about making decisions, and so is a good story. Which way, which way is this character going to do? Or how is he going to act? Where is he going to go? What's next? I know how I would act. And then we see how this, the character in the story acts. Whether we're reading a book or watching a movie or watching a TV show or hearing someone tell a story and we're thinking, oh man, I don't know how I would, what I would do in that situation. That part to me, is what makes a good story. Because that's so how you the, connect uh, to someone. Were the Choose Your Own Adventure books oh, around yes. or a big deal when you were coming up? Okay. Uh, I, I don't I know if they were, things. but I read them. But I loved read them. them. Okay. Yes. Whether or not they were popular, um, it is... I always loved them because I would get through there, and then it's like, hold on. I don't like this. Let's go back. I need to make a different choice. I need to make a different decision. 
Um, and so, you know, the choose your own adventure. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. And so being able, you know, to be a part of that story. Um, Aaron comes in and he's talking about weddings. Um, in a wedding, you get to create the story moment for others to tell in the future. I have to share this story. Um, my first wedding that I did in Spanish was um, two years ago. And we came up here on a Saturday evening. Uh, we got a few people collected. The air conditioners were on, but something happened and they turned off. And it's it's not a – it was <laughs> April, you know, so it's not hot, hot, hot. But in this building, it was toasty. And so yeah. I'm oh, sitting there. With all those windows? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm, I'm sweating. And, of course, I've got, I've got no hair to keep the sweat down. And so I keep wiping my brow. And, and again, Spanish is not my first language, in case you can't tell. I speak it pretty well. But I do – it is not my first language. And so everything's transcripted. I'm sweating like crazy. And then the father of the bride reaches up and hands me a tissue to wipe my forehead. And so I wipe my forehead. And when I wipe my forehead, you know what happens to a Kleenex when it gets wet, right? It disintegrates. And so it leaves a stripe of tissue right across my forehead that just remains. <laughs> yes. I don't know it. And I keep going on. My wife's in the audience pointing to her head going, wipe it off. And the groom is cracking up. The bride is looking at me like I'm crazy. I mean, everybody's just laughing. And so uh, it, it, it created this time to really um, – really break the tension and so every time i see Arat, if it's hot outside he always hands me a tissue and says do you need a tissue (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it'll be a story they'll never forget right so of course part of the story is um yes that's right this podcast is sponsored by kleenex the facial tissue of (laughs) the crossways podcast um sorry ministry league you've been downgraded (laughs) that's right that's right and so you have the these things. Like sometimes it's humorous. Sometimes it is tension. Sometimes it's you know does does the guy get the girl? Uh, Hallmark movies have the same kind of process, just different. But it is successful for them because it's the story that we connect with. It's the tension. It's the overcoming an obstacle. It's the resolution. Um, I will tell you two movies I will never again watch in my life is Castaway and City of Angels, right? Do you have any guess as to why I absolutely despise those stories? No. <laughs> the, the ending, Jonathan, the ending. In Castaway, he's on, I hope I'm not spoiling this for any of you, but in Castaway, he's in a plane wreck, he's on a deserted island, he finds his way back some way, somehow, in the movies, in the movies, his wife is supposed to be waiting for him when he comes home so that everything ends up right in the end. And that, that ending scene where he's sitting there at that crossroads and then driving off into the abyss because his wife is now married and has her own family. It's like, no, that doesn't happen. In, that happens in the real world. I don't come to the movies to watch <laughs> real world endings, you know? I come to the movies to be reminded of what, should transpire um and then in in city of angels it's the same i mean you know nicholas cage gives up his immortality as an angel and then uh and then his the love of his life is killed in a bicycle accident the next day like 
that's terrible. I need I need the happy ending. Um, well, I, I lost. I'm gonna have to look into this. And yes, oh, well, Aaron, I, I, I'm really angry. I'm gonna put this up on the screen because these are fighting words with me. Um, <laughs> I loved Lost. Now the ending, I may or may not agree with you, but. I mean, if you're going to say Lost is t you would never watch Lost again, we have problems. Because I'll watch Lost over and over and over again. I don't have to watch the last episode. I can just keep watching the, 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 the other few episodes, uh, not few, many episodes over and over again. But those are fighting words. But no, I, I know what you mean. There are a few shows or um, are even, you know, movies that, that I won't watch uh, anymore. What makes me most aggravated about a story is when it's not finished. A oh, good story has, you know, has to have, and, and we'll get to a part where it's a little bit different in our personal lives because our stories aren't over yet, and we'll get to that later. But whenever it's like a television show or a movie, if it's incomplete or all of a sudden you've abandoned a thousand plot lines or you've abandoned the whole story, it's frustrating because it leaves the question, what happens next? Yeah. Now, sometimes that's a good story. Um, it leaves you on the edge of your seat. That's why certain shows are so successful, because the episode ends with you saying, "What happens next?" And of course, guess what happens? Well, next week I'll be watching what happens next. Like tomorrow, yeah. I haven't decided if I'm gonna, you know, tomorrow is supposed to be supposed to be my day off. I haven't decided if I'm going to actually just decide because tomorrow is the final season our final episode of wandavision at 3 a.m eastern standard time it, it is supposed to drop i haven't decided if i'm just going to stay up or if i'm going to set an alarm or if i'm just going to watch it at you know lunch um i'll probably end up watching it at lunch because i'm not a crazy person but i'm super excited because i want to see the conclusion of a story to see how everything finishes especially today for us we like to know where a story's heading. We like to know that everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be okay. But we also want to be surprised. It's kind of a, a, a catch-22 here to make a good story. Yeah, and, and we're also really captivated by the before and after. Um, yeah. You know, that sells in commercials. Uh, it sells in movies. It sells in TV shows. This... this um, character arc you know that is always talked about in storytelling if your characters never grow um you know kevin in in this is us begins as just this dopey actor that's all muscle and no no brain can't commit um and then as you see his his life story played out in the past you understand why he is that way but if he just remained that same character throughout the three or four seasons, you know, that has gone on, um, he doesn't become nearly as relatable. But when you see his growth, when you see his transformation, when you see him um, confronting the things of his past and, and having to face this choice, do I surrender to those things? Do I just remain stagnant or do I get better from it? And you yeah. see that growth, it, it captures something in us. Same thing with the before and after for... Um, you know, if somebody is advertising, you know, something fitness related and they show me a before and after picture, hey, that after picture, he doesn't have to be chiseled out of a rock. Um, but if you just show me some progress, you know, I'm more likely to be captivated by that. 
um, and the more realistic for me anyway, you know, the better. But we want to see movement. We want to see transformation. Results and, not and typical. <laughs> right? Well, whenever I see the results not typical little stamp, I know you're not very confident in, in whatever you're trying to sell. <laughs> At least you're trying to sell to me that your product is something grand. You know, we, you and I, I think we've talked about Shark Tank before. What's so important about, you know, not making unrealistic claims. A good story doesn't make something seem too good to be true where it's unrealistic because we want mm -hmm. to at least be believable where at least we can delve into a story where we say this is what it's all about oh man aaron i just see part of it because my tripod's blocking it but bring oh man absolutely breaking bad he just is a story let me see if i can get around my thing it's a story that shows how easy it is to slip little by little and my goodness uh, if you haven't seen breaking bad um Obviously, that there's some things in there that that we would not support. There's some you know things in there that we we do not condone. But watching a person's life unravel little by little, watching how easy it is to say here's a mistake, and those character developments were were some of the best writing I've seen. And as far as character development, our character the you know deraveling, you know watching just someone just slowly ruin their life for the pursuit of something that at one point was something completely different because we justify our actions. Yeah. And, the and, it, and it is world, character development. Development doesn't necessarily mean Oh yeah. No. The, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's still development. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just development in the wrong direction character wise. Correct. And and that can be a lesson for us as we're talking about as we're trying to relate this to the Christian perspective. How how hard it is to live a life that reflects Christ. How easy it is for us to say, mm, just this once won't hurt. I've said that before. Just a little bit won't, don't, won't really be that bad. At least I can always go back and fix it later. Or at least I'm not doing it all the time. And we've slowly become more numb to something. And then soon the story we've been trying to, to, to share is no longer one that reflects Christ. It's no longer one that demonstrates who we want to be and who we strive to be. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to detour us for a minute because I just saw this comment, and um, I can't tell you how happy it makes me. It's, hold up, is this Josh with the Jeep from, from Clubhouse? Yes. Josh, Josh yes. with the Jeep. Absolutely. <laughs> um, that, uh, that makes me happier than you know. It, Part of my story, though, I've wanted a Jeep all of my life. I came across this little thing, um, and if I'm having a bad day, all I got to do is take the windows off and go for a drive down Highway 16, um, and everything just goes <laughs> away. You know, with the wind blowing through my beard, you know, not my hair, but um, uh, it's stay just, away from airline highway. <laughs> stay away from airline. That's right. Um, <laughs> The thing, the thing about our stories is uh, it is so easy for us to get off track. Like when we do make those bad choices, when we do make those mistakes, sometimes they're little, sometimes they're huge. And it leaves us in this place where we just wonder, is this how my story ends? Um, is this really the path that my story is going to take? Uh, and it's really easy to, for us to find ourselves in a place where you look around and you kind of ask, how did I get here? How did we get here? 
Um, the most powerful truth we can recognize in each and every moment is no matter where you are, no matter where your story is, no matter the trajectory that it is taking, whether it's designed or desired or it is never a place you ever wanted to be, it doesn't matter if you can see a light or if all you see is darkness, your story fits in God's story. Um, It has a place. It has uh, power. Um, and it belongs in the story of God um, and in the story of his people in the way um, that he calls us. Absolutely. And and I'll add to that. And, and I wrote something down because I wanted to make sure I said this correctly. And I tried memorizing it. It didn't work too well. Um, <laughs> I'm bad at memory. But but I want our, our listeners, and I, and I wrote this for myself too, to understand that we all have a story to share. And the good news is that our story is not over. You know, maybe our story's just started. Maybe we're in the middle of some good times, but but maybe we're in the middle of some really hard times. And you're asking the question, how can I share my story when everything is going poorly? Or maybe how does my story fit in with God's story? And we're asking these things, and, and I hear you. I've been there. Sometimes life's hard. Sometimes we experience storms of life. But the story worth telling is how we can find strength in God in the midst of the storm. How our anchor holds. Right? Being able to share all those things. All these awful things are happening, but my anchor holds. The God I serve is with me in the middle of all of these things and is helping me navigate the storm. And I'm not alone. And for me, that that's a story worth sharing. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a powerful thing to realize uh, that. I mean, look at look at the stories we see in the Bible. Um, you know, I, I love when you list off these these characters of God. You know, David was you know a murderer. Uh, yeah. Mo- Moses, uh, you know, Moses was a murderer. Yeah. The Abraham, you know, lied over and over again uh, about the things and who his wife was. Um, Gideon was a coward. Jonah ran away from God. Uh, You look at all of these people and how deeply flawed they were. And God looked at their lives and said, I don't care um, because I don't judge you by your past. Um, I'm going to judge you by what you're going to be willing to do for me when the moment comes and when it matters. And even after all of David's flaws, he still is considered a man after God's own heart. Um, uh, Samson is listed in Hebrews 11 with the great men and women of faith. And, I mean, Samson was a philanderer, and he was a narcissist. A womanizer. And, <laughs> yeah. and so it's just there, there, is, there is such power when you understand that what, whatever path, whatever trajectory your story has taken— it fits in God's story, and and He wants for for His ending to be your ending as well. Um, and it's a, it's a powerful tool for evangelism as well. I mean, if because what we come down to is we want our story to become a story that doesn't just tell me about me, but tells the people I tell it about about the God that we serve, um, and about who we are within that story. And one of the most powerful things we can do with people, if you really want them to know about God, is to teach them about how God has 
has worked in your own life. Oh, yeah. I think think there's some things that we can give to really make that relatable and, and easy, easy to do. For, for, for sure. In, in the realms of evangelism, I, I was talking to a friend, and she's likely not watching this, um, but we went to, to college together, and uh, she is no longer what we would call a believer. And uh, I have the relationship with her where I can be very blunt, and I can just be very direct. And one day, I, uh, this is, oh man, over six years ago probably, uh, easily, I messaged her one day. I was working on an evangelism class. And I said, frankly speaking, you're, you're my target. And, and you know that. I know that. I said, what we're currently doing for evangelism doesn't seem to be working. I said, from your perspective, what would be a, a, an effective way of evangelism to people who don't believe? Because you're our target audience. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and she said, well, he, and she gave me, oh, man, it was like a book. And because uh, we were just typing on Facebook Messenger, and one of the things she she mentioned was sharing how you know your faith has m- changed your life, and she said, "Don't tell us how we're broken. Don't try to fix us and fix our problems." She says, "There's true importance. There's true benefit from a life of faith," mm-hmm. and she says, "Show how that and share how that has changed your life." And tell how there's benefit in spirituality and faith in God. And she goes, and the actions will then follow. Mm-hmm. And my mind about exploded. And I was like, here's someone who doesn't really believe, who's telling me how to evangelize better. And it makes sense. It's not, oh, hey, leave us alone. It was, show us the importance of faith and how it's changed your life and get us to love God. And then the actions will follow that you want that you know because then we believe and then we'll want to change and it makes so much sense but that's the art of a good story it's almost like i think it's it's simon sinek right it's the starting with why here's why Mm -hmm. it matters we don't say oh here start with how we never start with how we don't even start with what we start with why and who yeah and that's the important part yeah and and for me it comes down to a couple things one of them is is it's just got to be clear um, yes. I need to know my story so that I can tell my story. Yeah. And it needs to be clear, it needs to be repeatable, and it needs to be intentional. And that's hard for me because when I tell a story, um, I kind of like to see how long I can hold your attention, how many details can I throw in. <laughs> um, and they aren't all relevant. Uh, they'll all come out at some point if we have that relationship. But ultimately, I need to know what is important in this moment. Um to be brief, to be clear and to be brief. Um, can I fit it in a TikTok video, right? 60 seconds. They call it the elevator pitch. Yeah. What do I need to tell my people in 60 seconds? I've started putting my sermons on a TikTok video, and it is today's teaching in 60 seconds. And it forces me to get down to exactly what it is that the people need to hear. That if they don't hear anything else, this is what I need them to know. Um. And so if I can boil that down to a 60-second blurb, then I'm intentional, I'm clear, and I'm very, very um, pointed about what I'm going to share. Um, I, I have on here, I said, watch your mouth. 
right? That's not because <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to curse, uh, but because we say things sometimes uh, uh, that are church words that people who aren't in church just don't don't understand because they don't use those words. And so I think we make assumptions sometimes that people know when it comes to, um, you know, repentance um, and, um, you know, some other words. Sanctification. Sanctification, you yeah. know. I'll tell you, Which some I, of I'll these tell you, words. Sanctification doesn't come up in my story very often, but words like that, that well, have yeah, a distinct I'll, Christian background. So, Correct. And I'll tell you, and, I, and I'll even back up even a little bit more. Even those who are in our buildings, are in our, in our groups, in our circles, at our churches, don't know those words as well as we think they do. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean, sometimes we'll, we're at, you know, we, we've gone to college, we've, we've got training, we've read all the books. Not saying, I'm not calling anyone, you know, dumb or anything, but the, they just, sometimes we use words assuming they know what they are. I've caught myself in, in our teenage class telling them or using some words, and I'll stop, and I'll say, do you know what that word means? And I get these, because I've seen these <laughs> blank stares, and they go, oh, we, we think so. I'm like, okay, um, can you explain it for me? And just trying to, see, you know, get, and, just, and I do it a little bit more nicely and uh, delicately, and sometimes they can't explain it. And then it turns to, okay, well, whenever I use something that you don't understand, it's okay to stop me. And I think part of sharing our story we have to be in teaching as well. We have to be open to someone interrupting our story to say, "I don't understand." Mm -hmm. When we share a story, I do. I like I like monologues. I like to talk. Uh, those of you who know me, you would agree with that. I I like to talk, and but sometimes you have to say, "Hey, hey, 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 stop! Hey, I, I, I'm not following. Can, can you explain that a little bit more?" And we have to have the patience to back up and simplify. Uh, there's a there's a guy Matt Church I think and uh, he does a thing called pink sheets and I forget how he explains this but it's brilliant he basically says we want to say stuff in a way because he has this this formula of of teaching and his all his lectures are on like one page of paper almost and he says we want to be able to, to explain things in ways everyone understands and he's a big left brain right brain big thinking small thinking type of guy where everyone's different he says i want to be able to tell uh you know a five-year-old very simplistically what i'm talking about but i also want to explain to a teenager in a way that's innovative but i also want to speak to a you know someone who's uh, middle aged in a way that is meaningful and impactful and, and then i want to tell someone who's older in a way that's refined and in a way that they can understand. So it's how we can we tell our stories in a way that relates to everyone. I think it's also important. Yeah, that's true. Um, the other two things, so you have be clear, be brief, watch your mouth, and then yep. be humble. Be humble because I have to remember that I'm not the hero of my story. Um, Jesus is the hero of my story. Um, what? And, and if someone hears my story and I come out on top, uh, that's not the story I need them to know. I need them to know who Jesus yeah. is and what he's done. Um, Absolutely. And, you know, always be closing, right? Be open. Uh, I used to train, um, you know, service advisors when I was in the service drive, and they would bring a change order. Someone comes in for an oil change. We always do a multi-point inspection. And, of course, there's always some little things that need to be fixed on a car. And 
I had this one guy who worked for me who was a terrible salesman. And the reason he was a terrible salesman is because he never asked people if they wanted to buy anything. He would just walk up, he would hand him a list of things that need to be done and just say, ah, let me know when you want it fixed. Um, and I was like, well, did you ask them if they wanted to do any of it today? It's like, well, I told them what needed to be done and they didn't say anything. And I was like, I get that, but did you ask them if they wanted to do any of it today? Um, Ma'am, your brakes are worn down to 18%. They're almost on the squealers. A brake service is two ninety nine ninety five. Would you like to have your brakes replaced today? If she says no, you hand her the change order and you say, let me know when you're ready. She might say yes. He might say yes. And so when you finish yeah. that story, you have to remember to invite them in. To invite them in to be a part of it, to to ask for an opportunity to continue down that path. Or maybe you invite them to share their story. Um, or to study God's story. But don't forget to ask people to be open, to invite people in. Um, I, I don't think know that's if, huge. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you have your story. I've been, I've been really trying to think about what my story would be in this vein. But, uh, you have an idea of what your story looks like? Well, I mean, my story doesn't, you know, my beginning of my story, if we're going all the way back to on April 1st, 1990, I mean, You were sure, born on April I, Fool's I, Day. I, I was born on April Fool's Day. It's fantastic. <laughs> all the jokes can flood. I thought you knew that. Thank you for laughing. I, that's always the reaction I get. I think I just but, forgot. You probably forgot, but it's okay. You'll you'll forget again, and then when you remember, you'll make fun of me again. And that's my story. But no, so I think our story doesn't have to start with, well, when I was a kid or growing up. Sure, your story might start there. That's fantastic. Your story might start, oh, man, 2020 was a terrible year for me. And here are some of the things that happened. Whether it's just pandemic, maybe you were fired, maybe you lost your job, maybe you lost a loved one, whatever a, what we call, what is it, a, an impactful moment in your, in your life happened. Could be the start of your story that you're sharing. And it could be, hey, this moment, a storm of life started. And here's what happened. Or maybe I'm in the middle of that. And going back to what I said is that God's still with us. He's holding our hand. He's helping us navigate the storm. We can be sharing that with somebody. And a way to invite them in is maybe we're talking to someone who's also suffering and ask them the question, do you feel like God's still with you? Do you feel like he's abandoned you? Or what ways do you feel like you might be alone? Or just And that requires a relationship. But then opening them up to share, hey, I don't feel, maybe they don't feel that way. And that opens up doors of opportunity for you to share with them or show them that, again, they're not alone. And helping them realize that because sharing our story also requires vulnerability and I don't like to be vulnerable mm -hmm. I like other people to be vulnerable with me <laughs> but but being vulnerable requires me opening up to people that I don't know if I can trust or not and, and that requires us to also use wisdom but also be open and say I'm gonna let you into my life because I can't go into your life unless I open up to you. Yeah. 
Now you're stepping on the toes of next week's podcast, so don't don't go I too am. far. I am. I apologize. That. No, my my story my story is this. Um, you know, I was born and raised in the church. Um, my grandparents were Christian. My great grandparents were Christian, and as far as I know, my great great grandparents were Christian. And you know, yeah. for the longest time, the only thing I knew was Christianity. The only thing I knew was God. And the only thing I knew was Jesus. Um, I was baptized when I was twelve uh, because it was expected of me. Um, and I didn't really see anything change in my life. And for a long time, I was really embarrassed about my story because I would listen to other people's story, and they had this great, huge, massive transformation. And I was sitting down with a drug addict one time who was in recovery. And as we as he shared his story with me, I shared him with mine, and I said, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to share it, but I'll tell you my story. And so I shared it with him. And he told me, he said, you know, you realize something, right? I said, what's that? He said, you shouldn't be embarrassed about the legacy of faith that you carry on. Uh, because the truth is, whether I was in the midst of a drug-addicted rampage, or whether you were sitting in a pew in a church building, we were both lost and would both continue to be lost, was it not for the blood of Christ? Um, so it doesn't matter whether you think your story is dramatic or you think it's boring. The truth is our destination is the same without Jesus. Um, and it took a drug addict to take this Bible-believing boy to grow up into a man to realize that we are all the same without Christ, and we are all the same in Christ. And from that moment, I have seen God work in my life in ways. I've seen his people walk beside me through difficult times when I went through a midlife crisis and made a career change. Um... I see God's hand in every aspect of my life, and I would not be the person I am today without him. Um, I would love to hear what you have to say and to hear where your story has gone and to see if maybe God could change you in the same way that he's changed me. Um, so when someone, when we get into that and I have just those moments, you know, that's, that's what I go back to. Uh, because it still embraces who I was, which is different than most, different than a lot. Um, but it doesn't discredit the work that God has done in me and the, the work that he continues to do on me. And it, the truth is, it took a man who was 30 days sober and had just found Jesus to enlighten me, who had been a Bible-studying, Bible-believing, Jesus-following person for, at that time, 33 years. Um to really come to that realization that my story is not boring. Um, just because it doesn't have the drama that our world considers to be dramatic, um, I was still lost without Jesus. Um, and I'm still facing eternity outside of his presence if I don't find myself clothed in his sacrifice. So, um, that's, that's beautiful. It's a, and it's and it's a beautiful way to just begin a relationship with people, mm -hmm. to start telling your story. So encourage you. We're going to leave you on a cliffhanger. Next week we're going to talk about um, being certain that we are authentic when we tell that story, uh, because one thing people in any circumstance can detect is. A lack of authenticity, right? <laughs> they Absolutely. Know, they know when you're pulling their chain. Absolutely. Um, but have the courage to go tell your story.
Absolutely. Well, I'll go ahead and say that brings us to a close for this episode. We are so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining us on the Crossways podcast where we talk about how we can walk in the way of the cross. We want to remind you of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, where Peter wrote, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. That's our goal every day is to follow in the footsteps of Christ. As always, these videos, or these podcasts, <laughs> is brought to you by the Ministry League. We're so glad. Please check us out. Uh, we have an app. We have all sorts of podcasts. But we'll be here every Thursday at 12 Eastern, 11 o'clock Central. We'll see you next week.